When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns post-game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. You gotta let it ride some more, Emma. You can't just kill me at the beginning of the show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review. Okay, kill the music, (laughs) kill the music, kill the music. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman and Espo. Gerald Borgay will be joining us here shortly. And guys, the Phoenix Suns defeat... The Golden State Warriors, 130 to 119. This was a fun game to watch. Let's get into it. What are our three points? Espo? (laughs) Mine's 52.5. It's the three-point percentage for the Suns tonight. They hit a huge amount of them, and that's against a Warriors team that's known for being fantastic from beyond the arc. But the Suns, they dominated tonight. As they went, let me pull up these. 21 of 40 tonight for that uh, huge night from beyond the arc. Mine's a nice simple 50. Steph Curry put up 50 points, and it didn't fucking matter at all because <laughs> the Suns are that damn good. Move along, Steph. Booker's here. Hey, Here's your fat O. And mine is 29, which is a new regular season career high for campaign. Campaign had himself a pretty good bounce back game after that Miami game. So let's dive a little bit more into some of these points. We're going to start first with campaign. Like I said, a nice bounce back game um, since the Miami game. He was four of 17 in that game tonight. He was nine of 17 and six of 10 from deep, uh, setting that new regular season career high 29 points. What you guys see out of campaign tonight? Just a whole lot of effort tonight. And, you know, it's tough with Cam because a lot of these looks look like any other night that he gets them, but he was making them and making them consistently. I mean, second quarter, I believe he had 18 points to Steph's 14. He outscored Steph in a quarter this <coughs> evening. And when he gets the confidence uh, and and gets rolling, very few guys can stop him. Even even what looked like a potential concussion didn't stop him in this game. Yeah. So. You know, I, I think just people overall have been a little hard on campaign. Um, even last game, yeah, he took seven shots in the fourth quarter, and you would love for somebody else to step up. But guess what? The only person to step up besides Booker was campaign. Campaign was not afraid to take those shots. Maybe you want him to be afraid to take those shots because he wasn't hitting them. <laughs> but I'm 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 glad that he's not scared of the moment like 
other guys on the court at that time. And so in this game, he he wasn't hesitating. You need campaign to play with confidence. If he's not confident, like we saw all last season, he he's not a good basketball player. He just isn't. When he's confident, I don't care if it's irrational confidence, he plays at a much higher level and he plays much better. And not only did he do it on the offensive side, but he also had a, n- a couple nice plays on the defensive side, including a big-time block that was, nice. that was really sweet in the fourth quarter. So, like, I, I just – I like campaign's energy overall, um, and when he's when he's aggressive, it just feels like the rest of the team is aggressive. Yeah, but you live or die by campaign's confidence. Tonight, you lived by it. It was it was the water that sustained you uh, tonight. But in other games, that confidence can derail you, like we saw uh, in Miami. So. Double-edged sword, but on nights like tonight, you love seeing that. Confidence. I mean, okay, you live and die by campaign's confidence when you have two two of your stars that are injured. Sure, I guess you could say that, but at the same time, like you need somebody to step up. And for as much as we talked about other guys stepping up, none of them really have. The key players have not um, consistently, at least I We've should seen say. Flashes. We've seen flashes, yeah. but they haven't been nearly as consistent. So I'm okay with campaign saying, "All right, fuck it, I'm gonna do it." You know what I mean? Like, if nobody else is going to step up, I'm going to give it a go because why not? Nobody else is trying to do it. I mean, I don't blame him, honestly. And no. I'll be I'll be completely honest. At one point in time early on in this game, campaign had taken the most um, shot attempts out of the entire mm-hmm. team. And I was like, I don't know if that's your best move for this On a team. night like tonight, it on is. On a night like tonight, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I get what you're saying, too, Espo, that his his best attribute and sometimes his downfall is his confidence well, he, even when he's on the bench and he's the guy that you're hoping scores on the bench it happens like that too but i would much rather see this cam that has confidence mm-hmm. than the one that we saw in the second half of last year that lacked it all uh, completely all season you know, really that, like that all season that I want this guy, even if i have to deal with a game like miami every but my now. biggest question is 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 this something that he can do coming off the bench? We've seen this this game before. Campaign plays notoriously better in the starting unit. How do we replicate this when he's back with the second unit? I think you're starting to see it. You're, you, he's just got to keep building. And for Cam Campaign, his 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 confidence and his demeanor is just one game on top of another. That's why we saw him in the Western Conference Finals be able to drop, I think, 28 against the Clippers to to try and help the Suns to victory in game two, even though they lost so like, uh, I'm sorry, not game two. Um, was it game two? Hey, anyway, um, I'm sorry. Lakers game two, Lakers game two, yeah. first round. Um, and you know, he has, he has shown those flashes, but again, it's, it, you're, you're trying to build and build and build. And I think when Chris Paul comes back, um, they'll, they'll take a serious look at giving campaign some more playing time. And I think he will get some more playing time with the starters because, Hey, he's showing you right now that you can afford to spell Chris Paul a little bit more than you have been. Cause man's been playing 32, 33 minutes a game. And now he's hurt. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, everything leads to everything. If that's not a wake up call for money to start cutting his minutes back, it's never going to be one. Well, and that was one of the big things coming into this season, us asking to cut Chris Paul's minutes back and mm-hmm. asking him to kind of like ease up on how much we're utilizing Chris Paul was okay. But can we do that? Depending on which campaign we get really decides whether or not we're capable 
of limiting Chris Paul more and giving more responsibility to somebody else. If we get this campaign or this version of campaign over the last handful of games where at least he's showing good energy, showing effort, having a couple of really great, great games, then yeah, we can rely on campaign. It's just a matter of how consistently can we have this campaign when Chris Paul gets back? The the thing is, you're only going to sit Chris Paul when Chris Paul is willing to to take less minutes. So that as long as he's willing, I think you'll be able to to see it. And I I think the way you combat having to start campaign is what Saul's talking about. Stagger those lineups. Let him play with more of the starters at different times during the game. I don't know that it's so much he's in the game from opening tip as it is he's out there playing with starters and it makes it a little easier for him to find his because the defense can't just focus on him mm-hmm. as being the primary scorer out there. I, I I would have agreed with you all the way up until Philadelphia on on Chris Paul, basically making it feel like Chris Paul kind of dictates – how much time he's really going to be pulled out of the lineup. I think we're getting to the point now where, okay, we have to take it out of his own hands because he doesn't even know, because he doesn't know how to control himself. Um, he got hurt against Philadelphia. He the, the next day he said it wasn't a big deal. And, you know, if this was the playoffs, he probably would have played. And now he's missed three more games. So how serious is this injury? Or is it just one of those things that lingers you know, longer because it takes longer to recover the older you get. Like, and if that's the case, then you got to keep Chris Paul from himself. You really do. You got to protect him and you got to limit his minutes a little bit more than you have been because you can't afford for him to miss stretches like this for as, as, for something that seems on paper to be, a, you know, a small thing. So, again, at the end of the day, I think campaign's kind of showing that you can trust him, you can put him out there, and – and you can feel confident that at least he's going to give you the effort that you need mm-hmm. night in and night out. I still think right now is load management for Chris Paul, that they're they're just weeding him in back in eventually, uh, but holding him out as long as they can to just get those extra days of rest in here. Uh, you know, I I agree. At some point, it shouldn't be Chris Paul's decision, but you also have to make sure that you don't frustrate him lose him create any kind of division as well he's a he's a pro he's a pro i don't know man he's been in the league for 17 18 years if he doesn't understand that his body isn't the same as he was when he's 20 years old then what the fuck are we doing here you know what i mean like he's gotta he's gotta be able to adjust himself and i think that's something chris ball has not done he has not adjusted himself you got this man playing out there for 34 minutes a night and not really giving you much outside of assists like that's a problem Ego is a hell of a drug. So yeah, but but Monty can control that. We will see. But Cam does only make it to a lot an extent. Yeah. Only to an extent. What do you mean? Monty can control his ego. Only no, to no. An I mean, in terms of playing time, I mean, I don't care about. Honestly, if Chris Paul got all up in his feels because he missed two weeks, you know, over you know something that was deemed to be minor, at least uh, out of out of his own mouth, then. Well, hell, what do you want me to do, Chris? You you missed two weeks at a time. We need you for the playoffs. We don't need you for Golden State in week five of the season or six of the season. Like, you have to understand the bigger picture. And as an 18-year, 17-year-old vet, you should know that. Like, that's the game. Like, we got we to move on. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Well, campaign played really well tonight. A lot of players played really well tonight. We're going to get into those guys as well. But first... 
we're going to go ahead and do it here off the top. Campaign is officially our draft king, (laughs) king of the game. Uh, Campaign played really well tonight. Like I said earlier, (laughs) he had a new regular season. Well, I know. I don't know why she was going into the craft. I didn't realize that you had just left. I'm sorry. I was like, what are you doing? Do you not see her running back and forth? What are you going to do? Just stop. Stretch. 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 Our poor poor producer. There you go. We just stretched. She's doing wind sprints back here. Lindsay's like, and then I got the king of the game. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's I nobody can't at the do desk. anything. <laughs> I got another mouse and it's not even connecting. Uh, well, it's still not working either way. So do you want to stretch or should we just do it without the graphic? You guys tell me. Well, we, we, my goodness. We can put up the graphic at some point, but yeah. Hold on. Ah. I got I got an idea. Is it in the slack here? Do we put it in? Oh my oh. god. Oh my god. Guys. Hey. hey I'm just going to go hold my phone up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! There's the there's the graphic. Who's our uh, DraftKings team of the game again? It's campaign. Hey! <laughs> campaign had twenty nine points, seven assists, and he was six of ten from deep tonight. My, Congratulations, my, campaign! My question is, did you not see her sprinting? <laughs> no, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to what Emma was doing. I wasn't paying attention to us. I'm sorry, Emma. Okay, so we so we have to cue this up, okay? What do you want Earlier, to do? Earlier, when we were watching the game, Sean DePaz and the ASU guys were cheering on the Sun Devils, and they were jumping up and down and shaking the floor. Emma literally was running back and forth to her other office to grab a mouse and shaking the floor, and you didn't even notice it at all. No, because we're doing a show, and this is what I pay attention to. She's locked in, folks. Locked in. I'm sorry. I just saw this blur go (laughs) Clunk, clunk, clunk. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> congratulations, campaign. Also, congratulations to me because my bet hit again for the third game in the row on the DraftKings Sports. Doesn't count app. if you don't actually bet. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does because it's more of an offering in our pregame show of what you could bet Fucking on Jason tonight. Jason Tatum. If you would have just got me advice. twenty points, I would have won my parlay. You dick. So you could be as salty as you want, Saul. But my bets that I've chosen have hit three games in a row. I actually so put money it. on mine, though. Doesn't matter. You haven't won. So you've just lost your money. So at least I put it on the anyway, line. I'm just saying, as of right now, if you're taking betting advice on from anybody back. on this show, maybe it should be me because I've hit three games in a row. Devin Booker helped me out again tonight. Uh, I took the over on assists at five and a half, and he ended up with nine of them. If you guys want to get in on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, fun. You can download the app today, but make sure you use that code PHNX because when you use that code and you're a new customer, you can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So again, download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. No, my bet didn't hit, but I had said DA 30 points over the next two games. Uh, no, you did not. I no, you did not. No, you did not. If you guys watch, <laughs> I you take bets. get half of those points. I take bets that are are large, you know, uh, wins if you get them. Not yeah. that they're going to hit, but that, that that there's a chance. So I bet on the high money. That's why we had uh, Crowder's Cash Club last year, because the line is huge and you can make a lot of money by betting a little money, so. I mean, I don't blame you. I feel like that's a not a terrible approach because then you might lose a little bit, a few more of those bets. But when you hit on one, 
It makes up for all. From a gambling perspective, DA is not a good bet right now. No, absolutely he's just not. not. Like I think, I think that's like eight straight games where he's either missed like the 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 over, uh, well the the line for points. Um, it's just it just has not been a good ride. It I'll, just hasn't. I'll just say I Lindsey Smith this. I didn't gambling put any wise. Money on it. Gambling wise, okay. <laughs> gambling wise, I'm not saying he had a shitty performance tonight. Wasn't great. It wasn't awful either. It was just whatever. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, also, just want to remind you guys that we have teamed up with our friends over at Four Peaks to host all Mexico and U.S. World Cup matches. And the uh, first one is Tuesday, November 22nd, Mexico's first World Cup match. Uh, it'll be around 8 a.m., I believe. And we're going to have 9 a 9 a.m., but the 8 a.m. thing is when the buffet starts. Yep. There's a delicious breakfast buffet that'll be available. Drink specials, guest appearances from rising head coach Juan uh, Guetta. Right? Guetta. Juan Guetta. You can buy your tickets in the description of this show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Those beer specials, $3, $3 for some Kilt Lifter and Wow Wheat Pints, giveaways, lots of exciting things. So we also put the link in the show notes. As a reminder, you do have to be 21 or older to enjoy Four Peaks Beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But be sure to come and hang out with us on November 22nd. I wonder how many $3 beers you could drink if you started at 8 a.m. and you stayed through the whole workday. Gosh. You want to find out on Tuesday, Saul? Say again what? I said... I wonder how many $3 beers you could drink if you started at 8 a.m. and you stayed till 5 through the whole workday. And then I asked you, do you want to find out on Tuesdays? No, I will watch you find out, right. but I will not find out myself. <laughs> All right, then. All right, let's continue on with our three points of the game. Espo, you said 52.5%. That was uh, what the sun shot tonight from deep. Why did you choose this point? Well, most threes the Suns have made this year, it was, you know, anytime you shoot that many and you're above the the 50% mark, you know, you're having a special night. And again, math, when you make that many threes, you are going to beat your opponent, especially when they don't make that many threes. So uh, tonight, I just thought that that stood out to me as a big reason why they won. I mean, uh, I almost said New Orleans. I don't know why. Golden State had 18 made threes uh, to 21 for the Sun. So not a huge difference in those makes, but I mean, if you if you don't make as many as you did tonight, it's a little closer. And that's where Steph's 50 becomes much more problematic when he's feeling it like that, if that gap is just slightly closer. So they needed every three tonight. I thought it was a great offense performance by this team, uh, including the assists as well. I mean, they had an unbelievable amount of assists, 33 on 44 made shots tonight so overall this offense was humming and it was fun to watch i mean the ball movement is is yeah. what separates that and it opens up those three-point shots like to be honest um i i thought as a team they all looked confident comfortable from the three-point arc um especially tory craig i thought tory craig had a couple key threes three um, six it, yeah and again like each three i felt like was just another dagger um and and really kept the 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 warriors at bay like they kept them at a safe distance every now and then they would get to like six or seven and then they'd hit a couple threes extend it back to double digits and that's what you need to do to a team like that you don't ever want them to to break that kind of like five point seal because once that happens then they have all the momentum and you can kind of feel 
um, like you're in quicksand. And so I think the Suns three-point shooting tonight was was fantastic. Nobody felt looked like they were afraid or uncomfortable to take those threes, which was a, a little bit of a difference than, than the Miami game. So uh, if they do that, they're going to be almost impossible to beat. But they just got to remember, like, hey, this ball movement is what starts everything. We got to keep the ball humming around the, the around the perimeter. Well, we talked about McHale needing to shoot more threes. He shot eight of them tonight. He made five of them. Uh, when when you can get that out of him, again, you know it's a very yeah. good night offensively. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest thing that stood out is just how spread out these three point buckets were tonight. You had Tory Craig knock down a few, Mikel Bridges, Campaign, Devin Booker, Ish Wainwright had himself a three tonight. Yeah. Jo- uh, not Jock, sorry. Um, Welcome back. Jock <laughs> shot one. He but, did yeah. take one, but he didn't make one. <laughs> Dwayne Washington Jr. and Damian Lee. Like, if you have a whole bunch of guys on this team who can at least knock down one three-point bucket throughout this game, then it creates that uncertainty yeah. defensively for whoever the opponent is. And that's important for this team, especially without campaign. You got to create that that uncertainty, that idea that you can't just slack off on this one guy or these this group of guys, the only one we have to pay attention to is Devin, maybe Mikel on, on certain nights. Yeah, imagine adding Cam Johnson back into this Yeah, on a night like this. Dreaming is free. You, know, you, could, <laughs> you could add three or four more Who? of these, these long Who? shots. <laughs> Our starting power forward. He'll be back I, 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 for, I forgot. Back yeah, after two enough. weeks, I forget who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, come on. He'll be back <laughs> soon enough. Um, okay, well, we're on the topic of, of three-point shooting, but just overall, it was also a really good night just offensively in general, all of the starters by the end of the third quarter were in double figures tonight. And it was a pretty high scoring game for the Suns on that side. They were over 100 points heading into the fourth quarter. This was one of the higher scoring games of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. For the Suns? Mm -hmm. Would they have 70 at halftime? Yeah. That was a lot. Again, after losses, if you see a bet on DraftKings saying, saying anything less than 60 points, um, as you take the over on the Suns. After losses, they always bounce back and score at least 60 points in the first half of following games. You have to take that bet because it's easy, easy money. Tonight, 70 after a loss. Mm-hmm. Last game, 60 after a loss. Like, you got to take it. Saul, your point tonight was 50, obviously, is how many Steph Curry had mm-hmm. tonight. But uh, unfortunately for Steph, it just wasn't enough. Well, well yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to feel bad about the guy, but listen, the, the Suns basically did the opposite of what usually teams do is teams you like what teams do to Booker, right? They double team him, get the ball out of his hands and force everybody else to beat him. Uh, the Suns basically said, okay, we're going to let Steph give, get his, but nobody else is going to get theirs. Now, Steph is always going to get his because he's just, a, he's just a freak shooter, um, but nobody else was really chipping in at all. Clay Thompson struggled again. Draymond Green is a shell of his former self. Like, it's kind of amazing how in just like a five-month span since the NBA Finals to right now, how much Golden State has dropped off. Like, it's like they all just aged instantly outside of Steph. It's just, it's really crazy. It's like they all... I don't know. It's just some funky going on. We talked about it. Maybe it's the Jordan Poole thing. I, I don't know. I honestly think a lot of it is it's that. Just, it's just, man, they have, they just seem slower. They don't seem like they're 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 that into it. Jordan Poole wasn't even a factor tonight. Just very odd to watch that team now. Yeah, I think it, it comes down to Jordan Poole. I mean, that's the difference right now for this Warriors team. That guy was unstoppable at times last year. Tonight, 0-5 from the floor, 
two points. I mean, at the free throw line. That I don't care if Steph scores 60, yeah. 70. When you're not nope. getting any production out of out of a guy that was an integral part of your championship last year, you're going to have a difficult time, especially when Clay struggles. I mean, he made a few buckets at the end tonight, but it still was 6 of 17 from the floor and and only 3 of 9 from 3. Like Steph can't do it all. We saw it with Book. Book can't do it all. I mean, I don't care how big of a star you are in this league. You still need other guys around you to step up. And the Warriors just haven't had that in particular on the road. They just have not found anybody to help Steph out on the road. Uh, uh, for those of you asking, yes, we will get to all the trade talk at the end of the show. I promise Yeah, you. so stay with us. Teaser. We'll you we got some cool things to add. We got some conspiracy theories, too. Tinfoil hat shenanigans going on, too. Speaking of 50. We have 300 people watching the show, and we don't even have 50 likes. Damn, son. Get in there, hit that like button, and maybe I'll drop something for you later. Ooh, okay. We do have a couple super chats that I want to get to here. Uh, The first one is from Michael. Thank you for your super chat, Michael. Said good W, but DA, a.k.a. Kwame Brown, has proven (sighs) he's nothing without a legendary point guard. He can't validate his contact. Do you guys want to talk about? I think you meant contract. Oh, contract. That makes way more. Yeah, well, read the next one because they're both DA related. Okay, and then Trevor, thank you for your super chat. Trevor says, "Great team win, but DA needs to get away a little from that turnaround shot. Needs to back down more, especially when being guarded by smaller players." That's that's where I'll go with this. Listen, DA came out with with energy in the first half. and, you know, you hope that he was going to have a, a, a nice game. And I think a lot of people were expecting him to have a nice game. My my only issue with DA tonight, I wasn't really concerned about. I thought his effort was good on both both ends of the court. I wasn't I didn't have any issues with that. What my issues were were on the offensive side of the ball, especially when they started the second half and he got the ball about four or five straight times. And they had he had smaller guys guarding him, and it was like he was afraid to get too physical with them, in in you know in fear of an offensive foul or something like that. Um, and sometimes those small guys were pushing him away from the basket to where when he was taking those hooks, they were basically damn near at the free throw line, and that can't happen. That cannot happen. When you're the big dog, you got to eat, and you got to have um, so you got you got to be stronger than that down the low in the pain. That's that was my biggest thing about da he was very soft down low in the paint tonight he should have he should have had 20 easily tonight and again this is just another microcosm of the things that he needs to improve on as we move forward you can't be taking those kind of one-handed faded shots at the free throw line you got to be stronger especially when you have smaller guys guarding you yeah i mean he had steph at one point guarding him on the block and he got pushed out steph curry should not push your center out of the lane your center should yak on that dude. I'm yeah, sorry, but yeah. he should dominate him, and that didn't happen tonight. But going all the way to call him Kwame Brown, pump the brakes. Yeah, that's. Not, I mean, that's, all you have to do is look at the team across low blow across right the court and look at Weissman. Yeah, he's not that even in the league. Number he's one in the G League right down now. Down in the G League, playing in Santa Cruz. Yeah, you know, number one pick center. Uh, you know, a lot of similar skill sets to what Da and and people thought. And he's playing in the G League right now. There's different levels to mm-hmm. to being not as good as expected. And DA is not at that rock bottom level. I'll say that. Not even close. Yeah. I agree with both of you on all of your points. It was frustrating later in this game to watch DA and, and not 
push around guys like Steph Curry down low. Like I, I would have loved to have seen yeah. that. I will say on the opposite side of the coin, DA did start this game really well and was a big part of the energy coming out of the gate. So yeah. mm -hmm. there I was a positive part of his game as well. Obviously, it dropped off a lot in the third quarter there. And we need to find consistency throughout this game. But I do want to give him at least some credit for what he did in the first quarter. Again, yeah, I, I totally get that. But uh, it's a 48-minute it's a game. Um, I feel like DA just he just has to grow some more, you know. And uh, again, it, I, yes, a hook shot over Steph Curry is a good shot if it's within ten feet. But some of these shots are not within ten feet, and he's getting pushed out by guys that weigh less than him. So for everybody that's like, oh, well, he's got he's got to build some muscle, he's got to get strength. Like that's not it. That's not it. It's just technique and will. That's all it is, those those two things, and you got to be better. There was a possession, I will just say this, there was a possession where Draymond Green was getting really physical with him right before they both got teed up, um, and he and DA was trying to establish post position, and Draymond just refused to let him have it, refused, was pulling him, grabbing him, refs didn't call anything. To me, at that point in time, I'm like, bro, that's when you get aggressive and you fight back. Even if you get a foul, who cares? You got to fight back and you got to establish dominance. You got to get that dog in you is what you have to have. And for and a lot of people that are upset about DA, it's basically because of that. They just don't feel like he is playing as aggressive and as hard enough as they would like him to. And that's that's all I'm going to say. What? I don't know if this is a lost art form, but... What happened to when you got a small guy on you like that in your DA size, taking a few dribbles to back the guy down? Like, you, I've never seen DA really do that, where when he establishes position, he gets it, take a few dribbles to back the guy down, use your size. I don't size. think he's confident enough like, to do that in himself. But, I mean, you're seven foot, you're you're a muscular dude, and you've got a six foot nothing guy with with his arm in your like back DA push him out of the way to put the ball on the ground mouse in the house mouse yeah. in the house i mean that's that's what you're taught to just push a guy like that back i just i at some point he's got to learn that uh, if he if he yeah. doesn't have it in him now he has to have it in him to win and it, i've got a lot of thoughts on da but i actually put on our audio feed a 5 minute fast take that you can go listen to all my thoughts on DeAndre Ayton and where I really think the problem lies, which is a lot of rebounding. Okay, and we can talk about this later, but not tonight because tonight, like Brittany said, enough about DA. What about Mikael Bridges' nine assists? I want to keep this a little more positive here for the remainder of the show <laughs> because there were some guys nice tonight try. that deserve some flowers, and Mikael <laughs> Bridges is absolutely one of those guys. He finished tonight with 23 points, nine assists, and nine rebounds. Those nine assists were another uh, career high for him. We've talked about how Devin Booker can have those quiet games that you don't realize, oh, all of a sudden he's got 30 points or whatever. The, that was McHale tonight in, mm -hmm. in scoring and almost having a triple-double. Uh, but I think the best thing McHale did tonight was trolling the shit out of the Warriors. Oh, my God, the, yes. There was the play where... <laughs> Where Clay punch or excuse me, Steph punches the ball after after a foul happened, 
on on Mikhail uh, or against Mikhail while he was trying to score. And Mikhail's laying on the ground, and he just points up at the ball and smirks uh, it, when, when it goes into the stands. Like, oh, you guys going to call that? Because that wasn't right. And then there was the play where he hit the three in the corner, kind of backed up into the Warriors bench and bumped into Clay. And we all thought, oh, he turned around. No, 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 no we all thought. Okay. Lindsay, Lindsay thought, thought. <laughs> that, that he turned around to say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry for spreading you. Here, my no, ankle. Okay. At first, I thought he was trolling that. <laughs> and, and then they then showed the replay, and he was like, hey, Clay, <laughs> what's up, buddy? <laughs> Calm down, okay? Let's be honest. Calm down, sir. Yeah, but what? Okay. I thought he trolled them at first, and I said, oh, my God, did you guys see Mikel? Which neither one of you caught, by the way. What? Then they showed the replay, and I saw Mikel step on Clay's <laughs> foot, and I said, oh, maybe he was just saying sorry. I was because I was surprised that no. Mikel was doing that. But he put his then hands on the but replay again, and then we all saw Mikel actually it, troll them. It was so a, let's calm down. No, 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 no. You said he looks like he apologized. I was like, no, it looked like he put his hands up. I Children. said, did you guys see Mikel troll the bench? And you said, what, where? And I said, look on the TV that we have the secondary TV that's behind. Yes. Yeah, you guys but, missed the whole first interaction yeah, until I pointed but, it out. To be fair, you didn't really get a good look at it. Y'all just that trying third, to throw me under the bus today, and I am not here for it. You're about to get. Chelsea. Can we can we have a discussion? Like, Chelsea. damn. No, that's why we can't. Why, not tonight. Why, why am I the one trying to get us on the rails? <laughs> this is bad. Come back to the rails. You guys are on my You're nerves. both right. It was the third replay where you really realized that Lindsay's first thought was the right one because he's pointing the three fling, fingers at Clay and wagging the head. And, you know, I know some people don't like, oh, well, you know, it, we don't like it when other teams do it. Yeah, well, I like it when we do it, all right? Because it's fun, and it gives you an edge, and it's a swagger, and something that this Suns team hasn't always had. So I love the, fa the fact that, that he's doing this, and that they're having fun, and that when they're hitting big threes, they're, they're celebrating. We what? worried that maybe JaVale would have <laughs> taken that with him. No. I wonder, is this just like, <laughs> is, ever, is the target clay now? Like, no matter what, yes. it doesn't matter. If somebody could be on the other side of the court and do something, they're going to run over to Clay. Um, hey. To be fair, there was a lot of speculation because Ty Jerome was sitting right next to Clay that Mikel was more trolling Ty because they mm. have that relationship from when they were obviously teammates. But I don't know. I kind of like I, to think he was doing it to Clay. But knowing Mikel, I would also kind of be mm. surprised and think that it makes more sense that he would be doing it to Ty. I. Uh, I think he was doing it to all of them. You don't turn I mean, around like to the defending that. champs bench and do that. I don't care if your best friend or brother is sitting there. You don't <laughs> turn around to the defending champs bench and do that if you don't want all of them to feel it a little bit. All I know is Sassy Sassy Mikel is my favorite Mikel. The great clips, memes, photos, all the things we get from Mikel make him top not I, like his I, basketball is fantastic and we've seen flashes this season of what he what his potential is if he can put that together consistently and then you throw on all these extra things on top i, 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 I do love it however 
based off what happened last season, I really didn't like getting shit on as much as I as much as we did after we lost to the Mavs and like how much everybody was out for our throats because of the way we had acted that whole season. And I'm like, oh, are we doing this shit again? Okay, hey, cool, let's do it. You know what? I don't care. I, screw that. Have fun. I, you know, the chat have acting. as much fun as you want. Talk your shit. Have a blast. I don't care okay. what other people are saying. Just, just you. I just don't want to hear you guys complain about it when it happens oh, to us. Okay. Look, because we have complained about it when it's happened to us. How dare this guy? Because he thinks he is. I'm like, dude, it's the same shit we did to them. When your sibling does something and somebody makes fun of him, you're like, no way you do that. That's my brother or sister. You don't do that. (laughs) But then you can make fun of him for doing it. Yeah. Look, the the chat's being a bit Pollyannic. I'm sorry, girthlings. But, uh, oh, you haven't won anything, so you can't talk trash. Reggie Miller was the greatest trash talker in NBA history and has zero rings. Eddie Johnson's up there and has zero rings. I don't give a shit. If you're good at shit talking, go do it. Have fun with it. Make it part of your calling card. And that's what some of these sons are doing, especially McHale, whose his troll rating is 99 right now. Is Okay. All right. We just have different versions of talking shit. Well, I... I, think I mean, Mikhail is a troll. Yeah, there's, he's definitely a, a troll. Difference. Yeah, I don't see him talking shit like, you know, no, but, during a game. But my point, Reggie Miller talks shit during a game. But my point, he's was, just trolling. There's two differences. Yeah, but my point was, oh, you can't do any of that unless you win a title. It's like, no, we had no, this conversation last time the Suns and the Warriors play because everyone was bringing it up. Devin but, but, can't talk shit to Clay because he doesn't have any rings. Yes, absolutely. He can. But, but but this is the thing though. Devin Booker will start talking shit from the very jump of the game, right? He doesn't wait until they're Devin up. He doesn't, up he doesn't wait till they're up oh, and he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he will go at you no matter if they're down by 30 or up by 30. Right. That's my only thing is like, all right, well, Hey, you can shit talk, but make sure you keep that energy through the whole time. Like, just I'm just saying. Uh, Eli in the chat, will we get an Espo suck at war cry tonight? You guys get to 120 likes, and I'll give it to you tonight. <laughs> also, a couple more guys here that I just want to bring up. Damian Lee. I'm I'm a big fan of Damian Lee. Fourth quarter Lee. Yeah, he always shows up big in the fourth quarter with a couple threes. Tonight we got three of them, two back to back, which was really pretty. I like his. I just like his attitude when he's out there too. He seems like he's got a lot of confidence. He seems like he's a really good team player and yeah. a good locker room guy as well. I think that was a really good pickup this summer. Well, and he got seven rebounds. I mean, mm-hmm. he another guy that understands his role, does the little things, takes his open shots. And and that's that. And and he's been doing it when this team needs it. I mean, in this in the fourth quarter, you know, when you don't have Chris Paul, you don't have these guys that have traditionally taken the shots for you. He's hit some big buckets, you know, including that game winner earlier in the season. I mean, he's a dog. Yeah. He's a dog. He's the kind of guy you want to. I'm actually shocked now watching him play this year that he didn't get more run with the with the Warriors last year because he's been fantastic. And I can see why Steph was excited when he hit the game winner against the Mavs. Like. He, those guys really love Damian Lee, and and we I, it feels like we got a really good one. Yeah. Also, yes, D- Dwayne Washington madly needs more playing time. And listen, here's the silver lining: like you never want anybody to get injured on your team. But the silver lining to Chris Paul and Landry Shamit missing a few games is us getting more Dwayne Washington Jr. 
Damian Lee and a bunch of other like rotations that we wouldn't normally see. It forced Monty's hand to show us and for us to experience what these guys can bring to the table. And I think that is going to be so good for us moving forward because I see, I can see a situation, obviously depending on Monty, because we know he's, he's very loyal to his guys, but I could see a situation where we might see less of Landry Shamit and more of these guys at some point in time in the season. Oh, I think we're headed that way, especially when we get to the end of the show. I'll tell you why. But also um, something needed to force Monty's hand because clearly uh, he did not understand his own lesson last year. And at the beginning of the season when he had everybody available, he didn't even try to play these guys. And now he's playing these guys a lot, like Dwayne Washington's getting more reps, as he should. Um, and Damian Lee got some some burn from the from the jump, so that's cool. But uh, you needed to do this, especially on the heels of what happened to Aaron Holiday. Again, maybe not the greatest difference maker, but he seemed like he had a little bit of juice, and for a team that had no juice – in the, in the games basically four and six and seven, like you needed something. And so I'm glad that these guys are getting an opportunity. Dwayne Washington, honestly, when he got pulled out of the game, uh, the last time he got pulled out of the game, he was teamed up with campaign. Um, and I didn't understand why they were taking him out and they brought in, I think they brought in jock at the time. I, I or Tory Craig, they brought in Tory Craig. I didn't understand that because he had just got done hitting a jumper. He made a couple nice plays. He he had just fed Jock oh. after the the blocking Jock uh, for the dunk, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "This is this is fantastic." I don't know why he would take him out, especially in the fourth quarter. Why not continue to see if you could build this lead and give Book a little bit of time on the bench? Like he didn't need to come back in. Again, these are the things that Monty needs to improve on, in, in my estimation. And give these guys a little bit more length. Let them play a little bit more. I'm going to give a couple other flowers, if you don't mind. Of course. Josh Okogie. Mm-hmm. Struggles offensively. We knew that was going to be the case. But he had that massive block on Jermichael Green, where it looked like Green was going to get a dunk, and he went up and blocked him. He met him at the top of his jump and and blocked him. Spectacular play. Uh, tone setter kind of play in this game. And then Jock Landell, uh he slipped screens tonight, got dunks, was running the floor. I liked what I saw out of him, finishes with seven points and four rebounds. Not huge numbers, but in 16 minutes, uh, that's important play that you get and, and spelled DeAndre Ayton at times. Again, it's just about the energy that these guys yeah. bring. These, these guys absolutely um, bring the energy, and that's what you need with a team um, that might be a little bit deficient talent-wise in your starting lineup. Um, you know, they're, they're – they got a couple injuries there. And so you, you want these guys to come in with energy. And again, Jock, you know, he was sprinting up the floor. He was getting easy buckets, getting nice dunks. Like he keeps the energy in the building, not only with him and his teammates, but with the crowd as well. I think honestly, like we got some really solid guys on our bench. I know we were all really worried and we've already had this conversation multiple times, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and very happy with some of the guys that we have on our bench right now. Yeah. I, They've outplayed uh, their expect or our expectations for them so far this year. I still think you could bolster it a little bit, but I like what we've what we've seen out of these guys, and and heart and hustle goes a long way on a bench. All right, I have one final flower. Does anybody else have any other flowers? I don't ever give out flowers. All right, my well, we know that <laughs> my final flowers goes to Chase and Waterfalls on Twitter. Thrill at Thrill of the Chase for this uh, really funny tweet that we saw 
towards the end of the game, he said, is this an ashtray made by a third grader? Because this clay is effing cooked. And it's a picture of a kind, That's not kind of a bummer says. piece of, uh, <laughs> of clay there. And I thought it was really funny. It made me laugh. Uh, mostly because I'm really into clay right now. So it kind of worked out. It's like two jokes in one. And Saul thought I was over here looking at clay during the game. <laughs> we're about I was it. really on Sun's Twitter. Espo and I were talking about something. I looked over and I just see this big old clay <laughs> pot. And I know she's in the pottery. And I was like, she ain't paying attention. She's just looking at pottery online. Nope. Sun's Twitter. <laughs> Sun's Twitter and pottery. When they collide like that makes for a great time. So that's a flower <laughs> to, to them for making that really funny. Usually I don't uh, go chasing waterfalls, but for that tweet, it was pretty good. Oh, good one. Espo. That's a TLC joke <laughs> for those youngins out there. All right. It is time for sweating the small stuff. <laughs> it may not right, be. Cool. Got to be quiet all of a sudden. Lot. To discuss, but uh, we did talk about it in pregame, and we talked about it in the game against Miami. Free throws. They were much better tonight. Yeah, they got 25 of them tonight, and Devin Booker in the first 10 minutes had seven and made seven, which was was uh, almost double what they had yeah. in the entire game in Miami. Yeah. I mean, again, they were, they were, they were the aggressor tonight. Um, it, I think it's easier to be the aggressor against a team that mimics your style you know, they're, the, the Suns are a, a good defensive team. Um, they're not uh, like a physically intimidating uh, defensive team. They're just a really talented defensive team. Their their rotations are are elite. Like, they're, they're really good. Miami's more of a, like a physical kind of brute. Like, they're going to grab you and, and, and make things tough. And when you start the game out that way, refs – just kind of adapt to that style sometimes and they just let you get away with everything and that's what happened and it wasn't it wasn't right and it wasn't good against the heat um this time the the warriors are not nearly the defensive team they were last year matter of fact i think they're the worst in the league defensively defensive rating wise and uh, the Suns took advantage of them because mm-hmm. they were out of position multiple times they got a lot a lot of easy looks a lot of a lot of and ones like that's that's just it's a fact. I mean, it wasn't. It still wasn't a flawless game by the refs, but that it never is. I'm but not this was, looking for flawless, though. Well, I'll hey, take just decent. You know, as somebody that's you know well accustomed with perfection in his job, I'd like to see it from the refs every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. So I was just like, I'm not even taking that bait. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it I was honestly, better though. It was better. I think a lot of it probably has to do with how many people are complaining. Yeah. And also pregame Monty told us that I believe James Jones actually called and had a conversation with the league after the Miami game just about, I'm assuming, consistency, because, you know, James isn't trying to get in trouble. And obviously it's it's yeah. more public, but he could have called and and complained. He could have called and been like, hey, man, like, what's the deal? He went, and he's probably not the only one who's made a call. Hey, Adam, it's champ. Can we get some fucking calls out here? Click. Or, hey, Adam, <laughs> it's Champ. Haven't we been through enough? <laughs> yeah. Please don't remember, make it worse. Remember those 43 pages that you called an investigation? Can I get some foul calls over here, please? <laughs> it probably was not a very comfortable conversation, but you know what is comfortable? Oh, geez. These chairs. <laughs> These it. chairs, thanks to our friends over at More Furniture. And if you guys are in the market for some new furniture, maybe you're looking to spruce up your home before the holidays, 
we highly recommend our friends over at More Furniture. And right now they're having a fall sale. You can check that out at morefurniture.com. Plus, right now you'll receive a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you spend. I was actually looking on their website the other day because I'm kind of like tiptoeing around the idea of maybe getting a new sofa. And they had one where the chaise on the sofa, like the – or the um, what's that part called? The chaise. Yeah, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Was like – Three people deep. It was almost like a bed. And Ooh. I was like, okay, this could be really great for watching games and movies. Like, I'm I'm not mad at this. So make sure you check out our friends at More Furniture again at morfurniture.com. Also, really quickly, want to remind you guys about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a really cool app where you can combine all of your favorite things about uh, fantasy sports and potentially win big money at the same time. It's a great app to play fantasy by yourself or to play fantasy with a bunch of your friends. If you have not checked it out, I highly recommend Underdog Fantasy. We also have a fantasy show, so if you're kind of new into it or if you just want some extra tips or if you want to hear some guys who play fantasy on Underdog all the time give you their advice, you should check that out as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we have... I do have to read a disclaimer real quick for this ad. (laughs) Sorry, if you just hang on one second. It's really easy to get started. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app from the App Store. But make sure you sign up with the promo code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Okay, Saul, take it away. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have something special for you. In the darkness, beyond the light... There shall only be one. Welcome to Earth! Earth is here! Earth! Did you even see that? Did you even see it, Girth? I absolutely saw it. What on earth? That is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Oh my god. Did you realize that was Saul's voice? I did not actually. That's but it, Saul's I, voice. I can hear it I, now. <laughs> you, people were looking at me funny when I was recording it this morning, but I wanted to make an epic intro for you. So there you go. You, you recorded that in the far studio, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm four offices down from that and could hear it while he was recording it, Gerald. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Totally worth it. <laughs> oh, man. Gerald, uh, I know you talked with Monty and some of the players. What was the topic of conversation tonight? Um, yeah, so there were a lot of things. Obviously, uh, the career high from campaign was a big deal, especially bouncing back from a four of 17 shooting night. Um, you know, he talked to Tory Craig in the locker room and he was saying campaigns just stayed aggressive in the starting role. You know, even when he's had those off shooting nights, he's just kind of kept with it. And it was big for him tonight because he stayed aggressive and, you know, obviously knocking down six threes helps a lot. Um, but that's exactly what they've been telling him. Monty and, and Book have both confirmed, like, we're telling him to keep shooting, to stay aggressive. And, you know, if he's able to keep that up when Chris comes back, hopefully that's something that can really benefit the second unit as well. What what did Monty have to say or any of the guys have to say about the three-point shooting tonight? I mean, 52.5% is is pretty spectacular when you take 40 shots from deep. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a big topic, but I I think it stems from something they did talk about, which was the way that they moved the ball tonight. And that, I think, led to a lot of the quality looks that they got. And they had a really good shooting night, obviously, but it helps when you're kind of picking apart a Warriors defense that, let's be honest, hasn't been great this season. Um, The Suns had 33 assists, I think, on 44 made field goals. So three-fourths of their buckets were all assisted on 
uh, Monty was saying, you know, moving the ball is a staple of our program here. And when we don't move the ball, like everybody on the bench can feel it. Um, you know, he was kind of joking that Mikhail Bridges is usually the guy that's shooting off of other people's assists. And uh, tonight he had that career high nine assists. Devin Booker joked after the game, he was saying, I didn't know he could pass the ball for real. I thought he could just shoot it. So they were having a little bit of fun with that, but it was just kind of a testament to how well they were moving the ball tonight and, and finding their guys that they were able to get such a high number of assists and shoot the ball so well from three. In regards to DeAndre Ayton, there's been a lot of people in our chat that said that, you know, they didn't feel like he played very well. Um, I kind of feel like he, he played, he played okay. Um, but I think he missed out on a, on several opportunities, especially with mismatches down low in the paint and being really forced out of position. What was your take on DA tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it wasn't a bad game. I think he had a rough stretch during the third quarter, and it wasn't for a lack of trying. And that's the thing that stands out to me is, you know, I, I caught some flack from some people on Twitter for saying he was having a brutal third quarter. And I should have clarified that. He was having a brutal third quarter in terms of converting. Um, and the Suns were doing a pretty – they were being pretty intentional about feeding him the ball, about getting him the ball down low in spots. They missed him once or twice. But overall, he took like five, six, seven shots during that stretch and, and missed all but one or two of them. Um, and it was just a case of missing shots that he's capable of making, I think. Um, so I didn't think it was a bad performance. I think it was fine. He just didn't convert on some of those looks. And, of course, there was that one play where, yes, he had Curry on him and didn't put him through the rim on that play. He kind of took a, a fading hook shot, which to be fair, he's really good on hook shots, but like Curry 6'3", you, you've got to back that dude down. And that's that's one of the examples that we'll point to when we talk about DA not getting to the foul line or, or having an off shooting night or whatever. He still shot 50%, but we know that DA is you know closer to 60, 70% shooting most nights. Um, so it, it was an okay performance, but it's one of those things where that mindset needs to change a little bit. Monty did say that, you know, he felt that Jock and DA, even though they didn't always make the shots, they were trying to punish those mis mismatches. And that's kind of the most important thing against a defense like that. Gerald, any concern uh, post game about campaign after he hit his head on the court? It looked pretty vicious from what we could see on the replay, but uh, obviously he stayed in the game. Yeah, he stayed in the game and he seemed fine at the podium, like him and Mikhail Bridges. They should never pair those two at the podium because they were just cracking <laughs> jokes the whole, the whole time. But uh, but yeah, he, he seemed fine. He was able to play through it and get back out there and then finish the game. Um, so it, it's something we maybe we'll keep an eye on, but he's, he seems fine for now. I just, I don't know if I trust them anymore, any of them, when they say they're okay or they act okay after yeah. something happens, but... <laughs> I'm just being overly cautious. You did mention a little bit ago the foul line. Uh, free throws uh, were a lot better tonight than they were in the game against Miami. Of course, Devin kind of set that tone early. He was 9 of 9 from the stripe. What did they say about uh, just maybe a little bit more opportunity there? Not so much better officiating, but more opportunity there? Yeah, you know, Book was very intentional. I think in the first seven minutes of the game, he had more free throws by himself than the Suns had as a team the entire Miami game. So, uh, you know, pregame, Monty had mentioned, obviously, that James Jones had talked to the league, and he kind of left it at that. We might have seen a little bit of residue in that regard, but I do think they were more aggressive in attacking Book, setting that tone early. 
Um, you know, Monty praised him for that, but also said, like, I don't think he was doing anything really that different from what he's been doing and then cut himself off so he wouldn't get fined. Uh, but Booker Book was saying, you know, it was a little bit intentional tonight after the four free throw game in Miami. Um, so it's something we'll have to keep an eye on. Book has gotten to the free throw line pretty consistently this year. Um, now it's a matter of getting some of the other guys to join him like they did tonight. All right, I have a bone to pick with you, Gerald. Oh, you are. Uh, What's that? You're Mr. Mathematics, right? We've had right, the math right. argument. <laughs> you tweeted tonight. Damian Lee is shooting about a hundred and three percent from three in the fourth quarter, including one thousand eighty-four percent on quarter threes. Don't look that up. Espo, I the did. math ain't math, and no, Gerald. No, I looked it up. It's true. The math ain't math. It's true. I'm disappointed. I mean, I said about, I said about, and I also said don't look it up. So you you <laughs> deliberately disobeyed me. What are you doing? I know. That, that's you all didn't I know follow how to do, the Gerald. rules, Espo. Yeah. You didn't follow the rules. Um, Gerald, before we do let you go, uh, would you guys mind if we talk about the trade stuff? Because oh. I'd like to hear. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to play the intro again. <laughs> <laughs> I will play the intro us. again. Let's talk about it. Gerald, so a uh, couple tweets tonight. Um, in terms of some possible trade uh, murmurings out there, uh, the first one, I think we're going to pull these up here in a second, just waiting for that to happen real quick. All right. The first one by Jake Fisher. Word is the Suns appeared close to finalizing a three-team trade involving Jake Crowder prior to tip-off tonight against the Golden State Warriors. And then Mark Stein earlier in the day said there have been some credible number uh, rumbles this week that the Suns have made progress on finding a trade resolution to the Jay Crowder saga. Crowder's cryptic IG story appears to address to feed into that notion, which was just a, a big black screen with a little small clock right in the middle of it. And the clock, uh, I think the clock time was like 10, 10 or something like that. So we should check Jake Fisher's tweet. Did that come out at 10, 10? Oh my gosh. No. Honestly, so, uh, so, you know, Gerald, obviously you're in the arena. I know people saw this. Um, what have what have you heard in regard to any of this? I haven't really heard much. Um, obviously, anytime Jay Crowder is going to tweet something like that, there's going to, or I'm sorry, put it on his IG story, there's going to be speculation about that type of thing. It wouldn't surprise me if they got close, especially coming off a four-game road trip where they went one and three, and it was pretty clear that they needed some help. I do think that there's probably been a renewed sense of urgency as far as getting something done to help out a rotation that, let's be frank, could use a little bit of help. Uh, of course, they had one of their best games of the season shorthanded tonight uh, to kind of contradict that. But, uh, you know, we actually kind of ran into James Jones hanging out in the media room area. He seemed to be in a good, jovial mood. Um, not that you can really read too much into that, but he was here. He does, and he's not always hanging around this area. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on if they got close tonight, if if those reports are true. So you didn't ask him anything? No, say, because JJ, asking come him on. that. Champ, tell me. Hey, what we got? Yeah, come on. He's, he's not going to give us anything. Did, did, he, <laughs> did he look like he had a Shea Gilgis Alexander smile? Oh, or did he, did he have like an Eric Gordon feel to him? <laughs> I mean, like, could it, could it have know. been Eric Gordon here? Jay Crowder to Milwaukee, Grayson Allen to Houston, something like that, maybe. Bogdanovich. Uh, yeah, Bogdanovich of any ilk. I mean, I'll take either Bogdanovich. 
if I speak, I will get in trouble. That's all I'll say. Just, just yell out right <laughs> now, James, what did you trade for? <laughs> and I think Andrew Wiggins in the stands is going to look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> no, no, what you should say right now really loud is, what, we traded for Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, trying to get me in deep trouble. If you guys were speculating, because obviously we haven't gotten any hint as to what the the other two teams, obviously we know of the three, there's the Suns who are involved. But who do you think the other two teams might be? I mean, we've heard rumors of Miami a lot recently. We heard rumors of the Bucks. Detroit. A little while ago. Detroit was a while back, though. No, we heard about Detroit uh, possibly being in a three-team trade as well. Yeah, but that's just in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I the Bucks wouldn't surprise me because we know that they've been interested in Jay Crowder. There was a report the other day that they're interested in trading Grayson Allen for a defensive-minded player, which is a synonym for Jay Crowder. Um, but it could be a situation where the Suns don't really want Grayson Allen. So maybe looping in a third team and that kind of deal might make sense. Is there any name, if you could will it into existence, a realistic name that you would hope is what would come back in a three-team deal here? I don't, I don't know about a specific three-team deal with the Bucks. I'd have to look at the numbers because math is important to me, Espo. But, uh, <laughs> but... I don't know. I mean, we've talked about so many different trade candidates. Like Julius Randle went off tonight, and I was just kind of looking at him put up numbers. Um, Denny Abdija is another guy with the Wizards that's come up a lot. I know David Nash, our friend on Twitter, has been really high on his fit with the Suns. Um, So Knicks and Wizards are two kind of intriguing teams because they're doing okay right now. And if they suddenly take a downturn, maybe guys like that will become available. Um, Maybe not Julius Randle, but, you know, like – Evan Fournier, for example, is just sitting on the bench doing nothing in New York. So just some things to keep an eye on. Julius Randle balled out tonight against the Nuggets. That he did. The chat keeps saying Kelly Oubre, and if it's that, I am. I probably yeah. won't show up to work <laughs> for All a few days. I, I have – I'm just saying Oh no! Don't you say should it. be don't prepared for an underwhelming trade. Are you getting are, – are, do you have sources on no, uh, I'm you're just hearing saying, underwhelming trade? No, I'm just <laughs> saying because things are getting a little bit more uh, moving out of necessity, not just because we can make moves. Not yet. Not they're getting yet. closer to it. Let me just say this. I just think you should prepare yourself for something that's the a tr- little underwhelming. It's just the gut feeling the that I have. The trade deadline isn't until February. they got plenty of time. I'm aware of that. But I think if they're all if the reports that we have gotten over the last week of them starting to re-engage teams about a Jay Crowder <laughs> trade, there's a reason why they're re-engaging those teams, and that's because of injury. I'm just saying I think they're I'm not saying they're moving right now out of desperation, but it's closer to desperation right now than it was at the beginning of the season. Jill, that's all can, I'm saying. Can you agree with me here? Uh, because Lindsay or Chelsea, whoever it is sitting over there, is bringing down the mood. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> any trade's a good trade right now when the asset you're dealing is a guy sitting at home, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I think by default, obviously, any warm body that's able to play for you right now and plug up a hole in the rotation is better than what Jay Crowder is giving you. But yeah, to Lindsay's point, in, the timing of things is interesting coming off the one and three road trip. I think tonight helped a little bit in that regard. Um, but we, we just don't know who they're talking with, what they're talking about, what the price line is set at. So it's all, it's all speculative, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not expecting some high level role player. I think you are probably looking at 
maybe a buy low candidate or just a decent bench piece that you're hoping will really fit in nicely with this system. Espo is completely full of crap. If they traded for like Russell Westbrook, like you think this guy over here is like, oh, he's a warm body. That's good enough. No, okay, he a, would lose that's his a fair shit. Point. I mean, a you'd have point. to figure out how to get $44 million in salary. It'd be more than Jay Crowder. Like, wow. Do you want a tinfoil hat trade theory? Sure. Yes. I'm yes, surprised you haven't said this yet. The reason why Chris Paul hasn't played in the last handful of games is because they're keeping him healthy because he's a part of it. There's oh, your tinfoil hat. And Landry Shamit and Dario Saric, four team trade, a four person trade. Get them out of here. Ish, Ish was in it, but now he's not because we saw <laughs> him play Just kidding. Tonight. Just kidding. We're not trying to bull, bull, you know, burn down Rome. I'm just messing, you guys. <laughs> I'm just messing. Oh, uh, hello in the in the chat. One of our girl things did say it's Jay for the new Sacramento laser beam. Yep. Ooh. I'd be down for that. Yep, yep. It's the right color. Yes it's purple. So uh, Also, Girth, uh, you look very sexy tonight in your clear screen. Uh, people in the chat have pointed that out. They're like, oh, shit, he's in like 4K tonight. Yeah, uh, what have you done differently? I have finally found a spot on the court where I can stand. There was nobody on the court, and the reception here is just peachy, guys. It's, well, it's really great. It go. looks great. So go back to Are that you using your phone or your, or your laptop? Using my phone. Ah, that's the other thing. That's why you got that 4K yeah. resolution. Also, yeah. Gerald, can I just say that I miss you? These two have been really mean to me all night. Oh, my so. gosh. What? <laughs> Please come back She attacked tomorrow. us at the jump? Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Gerald, let me tell you how tonight's going. I'm the one trying to keep it on the rails. Oh, Gerald, I'm about God. to lose my mind. Come back, please. Even Totri's in the comments saying, see, Chelsea's mean. Yeah, well, Totri, you can kick rocks, bro. Okay. <laughs> Those are boulders to him, okay? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we- I'm not going to defend you anymore, Totri. Suck it, Totri. I'm just going to announce this right now. We're suspending uh, Lindsay God. for Friday's game. So, oh so we'll God. see how that goes. <laughs> oh, Gerald, anything else you'd like to share with us before we say goodbye? Yeah, the one last thing was everybody was asked at the podium about the Suns' new uniforms. And obviously, you know, I've always been high on them from the start, but you could tell that being able to talk to the indigenous people that came in to explain the backstory of the jerseys meant a lot to them. They were proud to kind of represent um, in the northwest wall, I think, of the pavilion here at the arena. They unveiled the 22 flags of the tribal nations here in AZ. Those are going to permanently hang there. Um, obviously, the court looked gorgeous, and it was really cool to come in with all the turquoise lighting and the intro video that really popped but like it was a really cool event. Um, they played something on the Jumbotron where various Suns players shouted out each nation specifically. And you could hear a different cheer from a different section of the arena. So this was a really cool instance of representation and why that matters. Um, you know, Monty was talking about after the game how important this kind of thing is to represent the various peoples of uh, Arizona. And, you know, as a student of American history, he was saying, you know, sometimes as, as a black man, like we, we tend to focus on our own suffering, but like there is something to be said about the grace and the resiliency of the indigenous people in this country who were also dealt a really bad hand and the way that they've responded to that. So I thought it was really cool. Um, and, you know, Booker was saying that he loved the jerseys and was proud to wear them, knowing the backstory and what it represented. So 
Um, all in all, I, I know some people are still maybe iffy on the jersey. Some people think they're fire, but whatever the case, like that representation was really cool to see tonight. Yeah, like, like I said, Gerald, I was the biggest skeptic of it, but everything that they've done uh, has made me a real believer in it. I think they're a, a true uh, a true testament to what the state's about uh, and the people who uh, were here first. So, yeah. absolutely, really cool stuff from the team there and the. The cherry on top is that they all looked so great tonight. Mm-hmm. The uniforms, the court, all of the stuff we got to see coming out of the arena from the intro video to the flags that they all have hanging at the Footprint Center now. Really cool stuff by the Suns and how yeah. they incorporated everyone into this um, city edition uniform and court. It really, it truly does feel like a city edition. Oh, yeah, like, not for that sure. The Valley didn't, but this, it just has a lot more meaning. <laughs> it feels like a state that. edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and also, I think the meaning behind it, to me, is what separates it from every other Suns jersey yeah. so far. It's just, it's just really impactful. And the way they un- unrolled it, and I'm going to give my guy Sean Deloney some love, because yeah. that dude yeah. is a fucking <laughs> goat. That guy can put some cinematography together like no other. He did it at the Cardinals. He did it before at the Suns, and the Suns were like, we miss you. We need you back. back and he please. came back, and I mean, holy crap. He, they, that whole team executed this at a very, very high level. It was fantastic. Yeah, who gave him his first uh, full-time job? Not you. I don't want to hear it. You did? <laughs> Sean, Sean's a homie. Sean's amazing. Uh, Sean is one of the most talented guys. If, yeah. if you see a, a truly great uh, you know, video coming out of, the, out of that team, Sean's fingerprints are all over it. Mm-hmm. He does amazing work. Shout out to him. Uh, the, the intro was unbelievable. And if you haven't seen it, Go check it out on Gerald's Twitter at Gerald Bourget. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, Gerald. Thank you, Gerald. Appreciate you. Absolutely. You guys uh, have a good night and get some rest. Thank you. I have two things to say real quick. Okay. Uh, the Blazers are still frauds. Yes, okay. Hamad. Uh, I said that. Number two, I will wear whatever the fuck I want to wear on this show. Everybody's <laughs> commenting about my sweater. Uh, it's a cool sweater and it has cool stripes and colors. And yes, it represents a community out there, which is fantastic. But what does it matter to you? I want to wear it, so I'm going to wear it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's your problem. Yeah. Saul, I appreciate you representing that tonight as well. <laughs> Thank you. So we said, well, it's not their month. I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Every month is anybody's month. Exactly. As long as you, if you represent them. For me, every day is Black History Month. <laughs> Jeez. I really don't know what to say, but y'all got to calm down in them comments. Like that that's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> wear whatever you want. So oh, I'm going to. I've worn some booty shorts want. on this show. I've worn some long ass sweatpants. I wore gray sweatpants the day after Gerald took it like third overall in our fall draft. I didn't intend to. I just happened to do that. See, I don't care what I wear. I just wear what I feel comfortable in. So As there you we should. go. Yeah. I know I know what to say. The Phoenix Suns are better than the defending NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. Suck it, Clay. Suck it, Draymond. Suck it, Steph. Steph had 50s, but okay. We were, you guys got that for three likes shy of what we were supposed to be aiming for. So consider yourself really lucky tonight. Just consider yourself really, really lucky. Okay, I think that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. Just a quick reminder, uh, phnxlocker.com has a lot of great merch for the holidays. We have a Black Friday sale coming up. 
And we have a really big announcement coming up tomorrow. So keep your eyes out uh, for all of the PHNX news that is coming out tomorrow. It's Our actually social, almost today. We're, almost. Th- we're 13 minutes from midnight. So. Like oh eight, ten-ish hours somewhat <laughs> oh, there yeah. from now. Uh, keep an eye out on our social media at PHNX underscore sports. And, of course, for us at PHNX underscore sons. You- Coach says I need, in the chat says I need to be humbled. I am, I'm the most self, self-deprecating self human you will meet. I humble myself on a daily basis. Thank you very much. <laughs> you should have heard what he said about the junk in his office the other day. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't know. That, that I have no space for it in my own home. Sure. So it just moved into my office. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. So plan to come hang out with us then. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. There's nobody more humble than Espo. <laughs> He's the humblest human being on the face of this planet. You look up the definition of humble, you're seeing Espo. Ahoy, hoy. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I've always wrecked the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the mob. Turn the beat on, I throw it down like DA on the lob. Best combo since KJ.